0: Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join, and Stevens Point and Appleton this morning, and let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you all with us this morning. Before we uh, go much further, I want to uh, extend our condolences, thoughts, and prayers to uh, Al Slewinski in our campus at Stevens Point. He came home Thursday night and found his wife, Kara, had died 49 years old. So uh, our heart goes out uh, to you and uh, hope that you're feeling the love of the church there uh, in Stevens Point. It's always a good reminder when something like this happens that life is temporary. Everybody thinks they have forever. You don't know how long you have. Uh, hopefully we all live very, very long lives. I hope to still be irritating all of you in my 90s. <laughs> you may not be hoping the same, but that's what I'm hoping. Uh, But we don't know. Nobody knows. And all of a sudden come home and boom, you're gone. So uh, anyway, it's always a a sobering reminder of the uh, temporal nature of this life. That's why Jesus warns us, don't put so much effort on this life. Don't get all caught up in what you live and what you eat and what you wear and all about the things of this world. Just work, 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 work to get as much as you can so you can eventually just die. That's not what this is about. We want to always acknowledge the fact that we are headed to a different place and that we want to put the kingdom of God. First, we want to welcome our Latino campus members this morning. Glad that you're with us, yes. Estamos felices porque ustedes están aquí con nosotros. Dios les bendiga. Now, those of you who speak Spanish, actually, uh, let me encourage you. Uh, go down there and uh, visit with them. You don't have to be there every Sunday if you like to be here. It uh, doesn't have to be cada domingo, all right? But go down there uh, occasionally and just hang out with them and love them and share. Because and, I know there's a little, several throughout here that come here that also speak Spanish. Very well, let me encourage you, go visit and encourage them and help build what they're trying to build down there. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Say it in Spanish, amen, it's all the same. All right, so, (laughs) just gave you a Spanish lesson, woo! Um, uh, This morning, uh, I want to just talk a little bit about, uh, I know a lot of people have been just feeling great consternation and heaviness over recent events. Uh, that have been happening in the courts and stuff like that, and uh, so much so that uh, there's this feeling of, do, do the does this country that we once loved, is it turning against us? And uh, I think it's a long way to that yet. It might happen. My guess is it very will, much will at some point. Look, y'all believe in the Bible? Yeah, at some point, the whole world system collapses, and an antichrist will come before Jesus returns. That means there's nothing any of you can do about it. At some point, this all will come unraveled. We hope, not in our generation, but everyone wants Jesus to come, but we don't want to go through what it's going to take to get there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, take heart. The good news is that we're just passing through this place. Our number one allegiance is to the kingdom of heaven. We are all dual citizenship holders. Our first citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And I promise you, Long after all cultures, including the United States, are on the ash heaps of history, the kingdom of God will endure forever. And uh, righteousness. I did see a, a great clip on, the, uh, on uh, YouTube this last week. T.D. Jakes, who's uh, pastors of a very large church in uh, Texas, uh, really had some incredible words of encouragement. I thought, you know, I want to share this with everybody, so let's take a look at what uh, Bishop Jakes has to say this morning.
1: Well, it's been an interesting week. I'm sure you've heard of it, there's been a lot of things to hear about. <laughs> a lot of things to hear about, but uh, one of the things that I've been uh, bombarded with is the Supreme Court making a decision about same-sex marriage and everybody's been texting and tweeting and preachers calling me what are you going to say what are you going to say what are you going to say send me your statement i'm i'm not really as concerned about this as a lot of people are i'm really not as concerned about it. i think that we should not lose our mind over the world being the world and the church being the church (laughs) this is not a news flash the world is going to be the world and the church is going to be the church and you have to understand the difference the supreme court is there to make a decision based on constitutional rights and legalities that fit all Americans they are not debating scripture they're just not debating scripture i guarantee you that they weren't in there looking at romans 1 and first corinthians 6 and weighing it against the policies we see we have We have bought into all of this rhetoric about America being a Christian nation. I I like to say that America has a lot of Christians in it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a Christian nation. This is not a a theocratic form of government. It's a democratic form of government. And so you have to understand and just calm down and relax. But what we do need to watch is that our religious freedom is also respected and protected so that we don't have to get caught up in the winds of the world and go the way the world is going, amen? And so we need to watch that as we, as we grapple with an ever-changing society and our society is becoming more and more pluralistic. There is nothing to say that America will always, that Christianity will be the dominant religion in this country. I hope it will. I hope it will. It's up to us. It's up to us, but we have stopped witnessing. We stopped winning souls. Anybody who doesn't uh, believe like we believe, we don't talk to them anymore. Anytime you segregate yourself, you isolate yourself and you diminish yourself. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. And so we need to change as a church too. We need to start reaching out to all types of people and preaching to them and ministering to them and sharing our faith with them. I don't mean on Sunday morning, I mean in the mall, I mean in the grocery store, I mean while you're getting your hair done. It's time for you to be a real Christian. I mean a real Christian and win people to Jesus Christ. And you can start in your own house. Talk to me somebody, you can start in your own house. But don't write me anymore and call me about that other stuff. People are saying to me, if you say something, it'll stop it. I say, am I God? <laughs> is the, is the Supreme Court stopped because Bishop Jakes preached a message? Say something about it, Bishop. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God is still in control. God is still in control. I said, I don't think they heard me. Let me try y'all. God is still in control. God is still in control. God is still in control. Amen. So I just want to say that and I want to move on. We know what the Word of God says. There's something that you need to understand as well. The Supreme Court makes its decisions based on the Constitution, debating the constitutionality of any particular issue. But I must warn you, God does not judge you by the Constitution. He judges you by the Word of God. So while the Supreme Court is looking at the Constitution, you better search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. Uh, do you hear what I'm saying to you? This blessed old book is still good, baby. It's still right anyhow. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Amen.
0: Amen. <laughs> this old book is still good, baby. You gotta love that. Um, The church uh, is going to be the church. I love the way you said it. The world is going to be the world. I'm a little shocked at how upset people are about all of this. By and large, most people in our country are not devout Christians. I know it's a shock to some people, but they're just not. What they do is not what we do. Now, there's a great fear that they're going to come after us and force us to do what they do. I think that's highly unlikely to happen anytime soon. I think at some point it will happen. As I said earlier, at some point everything falls apart. Uh, but there is still freedom of religion in this country. I'm, I'm just not all that concerned about it. People say, well, are, you know, are you going to marry gay people? We won't marry most heterosexual people. <laughs> <clears throat> we don't. I don't know if you know that. You know, there's rules if you're going to be part of this church and you want us to bless What you're doing, you know, you have to be a member of the church, and you can't be fornicating and living with each other, and that pretty much knocks out most heterosexuals right there. All right, so I I highly doubt uh, this is going to be a big issue to us anytime soon, and and I, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. So say, what if they arrest you? Well, that takes care of my retirement plan. (laughs) Three meals a day, praise God. you say you're not serious. I am serious. I'm not gonna be afraid about this stuff. I live your life all afraid of stuff. Some of y'all can't live because you're always worried about stuff that mostly never happens. Jesus said, "Quit worrying about worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself." Apparently, you don't have enough grief for today. How many of y'all got enough grief for today to deal with? Hey, Amen. Put me in that list. I got today to deal with. When I'm going through stuff, and I said, "Just not today." Not today, just got to get through today. Those of you who are struggling with stuff, just get through today. Some of you dealing with temptation, all that kind of stuff. Just deal with today, not today. Today is the day the Lord has made. We can put our hope and trust in God. and I love how he says the bottom line is if we want to affect the world, it's not through courts and everything else. We need to share the gospel with people. We need to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to share Jesus' love with as many people as we possibly can. Uh, this week I was reading this article by a guy by the name of Wade Burnett. He works for a group called Multi-Site Solutions. They're, they help churches like us. It's a multi-site church. You know, we, you know one church, but we got a campus here. In, Stevens, or in Green Bay, we also have the Latino campus. We have the Stevens Point campus. We have the Appleton campus. And uh, uh, in Wisconsin, it's kind of rare. We're probably one of the first multi-site churches in the state, I'm sure of that. But around the country, there are lots of them. And it's, they're finding it's a very effective way to be reaching many people for Jesus. Uh, anyway, he's part of this group that helps those kinds of churches. He had a great analogy about the mentality in churches, and he uses the analogy of subtraction, addition, and multiplication. I was kind of impressed by that, so I thought we'll talk about that just for a little bit this morning. Uh, First of all, subtractions. A lot of churches today have a mentality of subtraction, which is, don't leave. They fear subtraction. That's their whole thing, their whole motivation, (laughs) modus operandi, just don't leave, just don't leave. Uh, it's one of the reasons why many preachers today are very reticent to talk about tough issues or sensitive issues, because they're afraid that someone might get upset and leave. It's their whole motivation. They fear subtraction at all costs. And it's a very sad place. As a, I think it's a, I'd hate to be living like that, constantly afraid Somebody's going to leave, someone's going to You know, my mentality is, if you hate me, by all means, leave <laughs> I've never understood I was talking to this one pastor once He was all upset because some guy had left his church Man, he was fit to be tied And I'd been talking about this guy for a couple of years He'd been giving enough nothing but grief the whole time I said, hasn't he been giving you grief for years? He said, yeah Well, isn't it good that he leaves? And he went, I never thought about that You know, but just relax Goodness gracious, always afraid Somebody might leave the majority of churches in America, 400,000 churches in America today. 80% of them, sadly, are about 100, 150 people or less. And they live in this constant state of fear of subtraction. Uh, even if they get to 203 or whatever thing, that's their whole motive. Just make sure nobody gets upset. Constantly trying to keep everybody calm and at peace so nobody leaves. It's just It's not an effective way of doing church to live in fear of subtraction. Uh, churches that are growing and tend to be much more successful uh, are churches that are into addition, which their motive isn't, please don't leave. It's by all means, please come. And a celebration church is very much that kind of a church. And uh, while we've been effective in doing that, I think we need to get better at it. And I think there are so many wonderful things that we could still do to be reaching out to our communities to throw out that big, you are welcome here. The problem is it costs money to do that. And, uh, you know, at some point, you know, we might knock on your door and say, now, if we do that, to ask you to help us with something like that is number one, the good news is we think you got money. <laughs> the bad news is we found out you got money. All right. So, you know, don't be offended by us. as we think that you've been blessed and say, Hey man, you know, I'm going to cough up, cough up with me, meet what I'm doing. You know, because in a lot of cases, you get five, six, seven, ten guys all stepping up and doing something. We could do some very strong things in terms of billboards and promotions and stuff throughout our cities and just absolute blitzkrieg with the people with the idea that we're here. Uh, And make no mistake, most people don't really realize that we're here. Most people in Stevens Point don't know there's a campus in Stevens Point. Most people in Appleton don't know that you're in downtown Appleton. Most people even in Green Bay, as big as a footprint that we have, most people still don't know who we are, I run into them all the time. and You know, they recognize me from TV, and they're, saying, oh, you're in Green Bay? Really, you couldn't tell that? We're from Green Bay, rolling along the bottom of the screen? I don't know what they're looking at all the time, but yes, we're from Green Bay, and we're, you know, here on the east side of Green Bay. Come check it out, so. Uh, the more that we do that, it's good. But even that, in and of itself, is not enough. You can't just say, hey, we're here. Now, it's good to let them know, hey, we're here, and that we have a welcoming atmosphere and welcoming facilities and people that are there and programs and stuff to welcome people. But you can't just say, hey, everybody, we're here for you. Uh, that's, that's not enough. So clearly, we don't want to be in a subtraction mentality. It's good to have an addition mentality. But if we're going to change the world, we need to have a multiplication mentality. And that is to go out and touch as many people as possible. And when it comes to that, it's really up to you. You need to reach out to the people in your life and touch people in your life. As much as we can do things, it'll never be enough for that. If we're going to have a movement, a spiritual moving in this country, it's going to happen when people of faith really reach out in love and kindness to those that are around them. And to share the good news with people. Now, as I spoke last Sunday, maybe the Sunday before, you know, the Bible, people, you know, they kind of wall themselves off from, you know, the crazy around us. And there's a lot of crazy around us. I don't know about Steve was pointing Appleton, but did you go to the fireworks in downtown Green Bay last night? There's a lot of crazy in this town. Seems to be getting crazier and crazier. The answer isn't to wall ourselves off. From that, it's to engage the crazy and to reach out to the crazy and to love them. Now, people say, well, the Bible says you're not supposed to have anything to do with immoral people. That is true. In the church, if you're part of this church and you start acting immorally, you're coming in drunk, hitting on women, we're going to have a serious come to Jesus moment (laughs) in this church, all right? Uh, And we will... Turn our back on. The Bible actually talks about it. You say, well, that's not love. Apparently it is because the Bible talks about it. But to people in the church, it says specifically not to do that to people outside the church. Why everybody's freaking out because people are fornicating and committing adultery and doing all kinds of bizarre, crazy stuff out there. You know, we need to not wall off from these people. We're supposed to reach out and love these people and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Because they're not truly happy. Here's the thing about immorality or any sin. It has a short-term buzz to it. But long-term, it just leaves a big, gaping hole inside of you. How many of you remember that hole before you came to Jesus? That's what these people live with every day. And they're convinced, if I can just get what I want and just get what I want, I'll finally be happy, I'll finally be happy, you know. (laughs) You know, it's kind of the cynical part of me, you know. But I hear all these people say, finally, gay people can get married, woo-hoo, now we're going to be happy. And I go, really? (laughs) As someone who's pro-marriage and speaks about marriage all over the world, I got news for you. Marriage was not designed to make you happy. You think you're going to be happy now? (laughs) I think it's hilarious. People say, are you against same-sex marriage? (laughs) I'm more against same-sex divorce. (laughs) Live this out for the rest of your life. Which is another, they don't want to live by that standard in the church. You don't get out of this deal unless under the most extreme of circumstances. You can't just, I'm not happy anymore. Turn your back. You're a slacker. You do that in the church. And we will deal with you as strong as God will let us deal with you. Uh, You don't want to be in a bad place like that. So, but people outside the world, they don't know. They're trying to be happy. It's not going to take long before all these people who think they're going to be happy are going to find out they're not happy. I predict their divorce rate will soar through the roof. It's going to be dramatic. I'm already among those who tend to live this lifestyle. They don't stay together very long. And not just them, but anybody. who's like people who live together. People think, well, we'll live together first. And people who live together have a much higher divorce rate than people who don't. It's this formula. It's a destructive formula. It doesn't work. Now, our job isn't to go around and hate all those people. Our job is to be there to pick up the pieces and to say, look, you truly want to find peace? Let me share with you about the love of God. Never be afraid of the truth or be ashamed of the truth. The truth is not oppressive. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what the truth of Jesus does. The truth of the Bible doesn't oppress people. It liberates people. It's been liberating people for thousands of years and will continue. And I promise you this very self-centered, narcissistic, eating-itself-alive culture will not find happiness. It only leads to despair and emptiness. And we need to be there with the love of Jesus to share with them the way out but you have to do it I cannot do it the church setting up signs and billboards and TV programs cannot do it you need to do it and as Bishop Jakes pointed out the problem is Christians in America no longer do that we used to do it by and large they don't do it anymore if everybody in this church over the next year would make it their goal to affect one other person our churches would double our campuses would be double. The reason why it's not likely it happens is because most people just don't do it. Uh, now this isn't to make you feel bad. It's not about making you feel bad. It's about hoping that you'll change, that you realize, hey, you want to affect this world. You want to affect this country that you love. You want to affect... It's not about the country. It shouldn't be about the country. It's about just mankind in general. You need to love people. You need to engage with people. Become friends with people. I am friends of the most despicable rascals you can imagine. All the nasty things in the Bible you say you shouldn't do. I got friends that do all that stuff. You know? Uh, Now, obviously, they're not in the church and stuff like that, but we try to befriend them. And we've won many of them Jesus. Why? Because what they do is not satisfying. It leaves a big gaping hole in your soul. It is self-destructive at so many levels. We just need to love people. Now, multiplication doesn't mean dropping the teachings of the New Testament in order to make Christianity more appealing. And that is a big mistake. A lot of people said, well, if we just got rid of these old, these these New Testament concepts, you know, that, you know, those guys just didn't realize what life would be like. We need to update our thinking of Christianity. Here's the irony: every church that has ever done that, and there's been many that have tried, they've all died or are dying currently. It doesn't bring more people in by saying you can live any way you want and it doesn't matter. God doesn't care how you live as long as you're happy. It's not the way it works. And all those churches, again, have died and are continuing to dry up this push that just we need to accept everybody. Now, we need to love everybody, but there is right and wrong at so many levels. Not just one group of people, but it covers everybody. And all these things are for their benefit. When God says don't do things, it's not because he hates people because he loves people. And the truth will set them free. So, now, in, this is nothing new. This is something Christianity has always dealt with. Uh, in the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, which is all the apocalyptic crazy stuff that's gonna happen at the end. And uh, again, we all want Jesus to come tomorrow, but nobody wants to go through all that stuff. Well, you can't do one without the other. And things will get very bad before the end finally comes. But before he starts talking about the stuff that's all going to happen in the end, he tells John, who the, the Apostle John, uh, to write some letters to the churches because he wanted to straighten out the churches of the day. These are first century churches, okay? Remember, all, the Old Testament was written over thousands of years of human history. The entire New Testament was written in a span of 70 years. Basically, one lifespan. All of it in 70 years. It's a dramatic thing that happened. The, the gospel of Jesus is extremely powerful, and it has changed the world in so many ways in that dramatically short period of time. And in even in that short period of time, there were churches that were kind of going off the rails. And Jesus wrote to this one church. He told him, right. He says, he encouraged them. Says, look, you've persevered. You've endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. So he's praising them for that. Yet I do hold this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first, which is a problem in faith. Faith is like fire. You don't feed fire, it'll die. The tendency of fire is to go out. It'll always go out. If you're not active in your faith and continuing to feed your faith, your faith will die. It'll go out. You'll get cold in your soul. Uh, it, just, it is what it is. It's like there's a reason they call it tending a fire. You've got to keep paying attention. You've got to keep feeding it. Or it will go out. And the same is true with your soul. And Jesus warns against losing your first love, that passion, that energy you had for him. So he said these guys had lost that. He said, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the first things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. What does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> so then he says this, but you have this in your favor. You hate the practices the Nicolaitans, which is not the people who do Nickelodeon TV. All right. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which Jesus says, and it's the only place it ever says Jesus hates something. He said, which I also hate. Now, wouldn't you think it'd be interesting to find what is the one thing Jesus says he hated? As you go down further, you'll find out that he's speaking specifically of a teaching that endorses sexual immorality. Now, again, Sexual immorality has always been there. What Jesus hated is when people take the church and the teachings of the gospel to condone it, to try and twist it, to make it that it's all okay. And he says, I hate that. He didn't die so that people could celebrate in their broken conditions. He came to die to set us free and to heal us from our broken conditions. The Nicolaitans, if you read about it historically... Early century Christians were writing of it. Clement of Alexander says, talking of the Nicolaitans, they abandoned themselves to pleasure, leading a life of self-indulgence. That's what they did. That was their whole teaching. Do whatever you want. It's okay. It doesn't matter. He was the first guy to say love wins. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do anything. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Now, here's the problem. When you take the gospel to advance immorality, that is very despicable because that's not what this is about. Are we to love people without question? But we're not to be caught up in that kind of thinking. Nicholas, by the way, was uh, likely one of the first uh, deacons in the Bible. When you read about Stephen, who was the first martyr. uh, Stephen a bunch of guys listen. One of them is Nicholas, who was a a convert to Christianity. Originally a convert to Judaism. So he was raised in paganism. Converted to Judaism. Eventually converted to Christianity. Was highly respected in the church. That's why they made him a deacon. But at some point he went off the rails and went back and started to embrace his paganism. Remember, that pagan culture, immorality, was a big deal, and they celebrated it. Well, he started to teach that the gospel was about this. What what they did is they perverted the teaching of grace and replaced liberty with license. Now, Christianity is a religion of great liberty. All you have to do is compare it to virtually every other religion. A lot of people who take Christianity and try to make it oppressive. Some of you came out of churches that it's all about do's and don'ts and all these rules and stuff that you had to follow. They add this. It's not in the Bible. Christianity, by and large, has very little rules to it at all. There's a short little list of morality, which we've discussed. uh, But that's about it. And by the way, it's the same list that virtually every religion has. Uh, Beyond that, it's love, people. Live by the law of love. There's not all these obligatory things Christians have to do. By any comparative Look, at any religion, Christianity is great liberty, and it's wonderful. But some have perverted the idea of liberty to mean license to do anything you want, that God now is pleased in people doing bad things. If God loves sinners, then let's sin like crazy, so God will love us more. That's what Paul wrote about in Romans. There were people actually teaching this. In that first little span, it didn't take... You think we're shocked by this stuff happening 2,000 years later? This was happening from the get-go. And they're always warning him, don't go down this path. And Jesus says, I hate this path. Don't take what I've done and corrupt it to think that love means, that God's love me, you can just do anything you want and live any way you want to live. And that's not just applying to one group of people. That's applying to everybody. That's not what this is about. It's not the idea of just making one big free-for-all that's going to hit a concept of true multiplication. But it's adhering to the true teachings of Jesus and the apostles, and taking this incredible message, as Bishop (laughs) Jake said, this book's still good, baby, all right? And it's still changing lives. And to take this and adhere to it and in an atmosphere of love and kindness, reaching out to those who are hurting. Uh, We live in a very dark world today, and it's getting darker. The good news, and it's going to sound kind of bizarre, but the good news is, you know light shines very brightly in dark places. Uh, this is a great opportunity because we, you will find more and more people who continue to live in the ways that many of us find abhorrent because of our Christian teachings. All it's going to do is leave a gigantic hole in their souls. It may not be this week. It may not be the next years. But I promise you it's coming, a wave of discontent across this nation because at some point, narcissism does not satisfy it will never heal the human condition. What can heal the human condition is the love of God and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So the good news, you know, don't be discouraged. It's like the old story I heard about this guy. They sent two guys to Africa to sell shoes. One guy comes back all discouraged and said, man, you know, this is, you know, years ago. Man, nobody in Africa even wears shoes. There's no sense trying. The other guy comes back and says, give me all the shoes you got. They're not wearing any. You know, it just kind of turns on your perspective. <laughs> you know, there's no reason to get discouraged because so many people are living in an empty, dark life. This is going to be the greatest opportunity in my lifetime to reach out to a lost and dying world. If we'll not wall ourselves out, if we'll not lash out, we'll respect what Jesus has taught us and what the New Testament teaches us. But in that context, to reach out in an atmosphere of love. And if you will do this with me and just touch the people, look for the people around you. There's always people who are hurting. You know, We're not to argue with you. There's no sense in arguing. You can't argue people into the kingdom of God. But there's a lot of people. They'll hit the wall. Some of you know people right now in your life that are hitting a the wall. They are very broken Unhappy people. Their relationships are falling apart. They struggle with this addiction, that addiction. When you see somebody hurting, one of the nicest things you can do is simply say, do you mind if I pray with you? And I got to tell you, lo, these many years, I've never heard of anyone who's been asked that where the answer was no. When people are hurting and someone says, can I pray for you? Their answer is almost an immediate yes. Even people who are atheists would say yes. Yes pray for me. You can pray for them right on the spot, pray for them later, whatever you want to do with them. But by really loving people and reaching out to people, it gives us the opportunity. You know, don't be discouraged. My dad was a doctor, you know. God bless him. You know, he was a, a family practitioner in Nielsville, Wisconsin. And he'd come home grinning from ear to ear. Said, how you doing, dad? He says, praise God, things are great. Lots of sick people. You know. All of you're in the business of helping sick people, you know, and everybody's got the flu, you know, this is a good day for a doc who's running his billings up way high. You know, don't get discouraged. There's good news. There's lots of sick people around us. We have the medicine. We have the answer. Let's love people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth and for this glorious gospel that brings freedom, healing, and redemption. Lord, help us to be careful to live by your standards, but to know that we live in a world of people that just have nothing to do with them. Not to get angry with them, not to lash out and be mean to them, but to love them. Lord, eventually it's going to leave a big hole in them. Help us to be there to love people, to encourage and help all of us. Everybody in Stevens Point this morning on our campus, everybody in Appleton, praying with me right now on our campus everybody here in Green Bay help us all to realize that it's up to us it's up to me I need to take this message to somebody I know and Lord help us to look for opportunities to reach out and touch people because that's when we'll seriously start experiencing the power of the multiplication power that's in the gospel of Jesus in Jesus name we pray and everybody said